0: Good morning everyone. It is good to see you. Um, I will just say that we're going to just start off by just uh, holding a space of peace and wholeness for all of our friends who may not be here today. I've had a couple of people text me, and you know I'm not going to go into names and circumstances, but for just this moment we ground ourselves in the truth that we are whole that we are complete, that we are absolutely necessary and perfect, and we claim good. We claim good for ourselves, for one another, for our friends, and for all beings everywhere. We know that wholeness, awareness, life, love, peace are innately what we are, and we claim that good now. And so it is. Amen. Uh, and we are gonna just start right off. Uh you received a piece of paper today and if you did not receive a, a little half sheet of paper um, that looks remarkably like this, you're probably going, Did Nita really print this? Because it's on white paper. It's not fluorescent pink, it's not hot orange, it's just it's not even lime green, it's just black on white. And I will just uh chalk that up to to uh last night at about eight o'clock at night going Oh, that's really what I want to do. Uh, so uh, so sometimes the plan shifts during the week. Uh, my name is Nita. If I do not know you, uh, welcome. I, it is my pleasure and privilege to serve as the minister here, and I look forward to uh, getting to know you after service. We will begin today as we always do in this room, and there's very few things that we always do. You know, frequently, I mean, we always come together. We always, you know, we always seem to have cookies and snacks. So there are things we always seem to do. Uh, but in unity, we are not overly big on, I guess I'll just say the ritual aspects. Although, you know, the just the coming together and the singing, all of that is our ritual. But the one thing that we do touch every week is this statement which is both a denial and an affirmation of truth. And we're going to talk more about denials and affirmations today, so I'm not going to go way into it right now. But I just want you to remember, as you as you speak these words with me, if you choose to speak them, you may have just come in off the street and gone, Well, I just don't know about that yet. And that's okay. That is okay. There's no requirement. But if you do choose to speak these words, and if you choose not to but you choose to consider them, thank you for that because that is a willingness to grow and to understand and to live more fully what you are. And so remember when we speak these words, this is not a magical incantation. It's not like if we say it, you know, okay, we've said it every Sunday for 14 years and now it's true. No, it's always been true, it will always be true. We speak affirmations as a way of training our human mind to accept the divine truth of each and every one of us so if you wish i invite you to speak with me releasing the things that are behind i realize i am strong positive powerful wise loving fearless free spirit i am the infinite expressing at the point i am I am peace at the midst of all matters. And so it is. Amen. Now, we can just, looking at that little thing, we can, always, we can always pick it apart and go, I don't think so. And that would be your human egoic mind at work. We were each born into this human experience with a functioning human control center. Um, If you've ever seen the movie Inside Out, you have some nice pictures to go along with that. If you have not ever seen the movie Inside Out, rent it. Watch it. It's wonderful. And we not only have all that human control panel going on, but the truth of all of us is that we are the divine by whatever name you want to give it. If you want to call it God, if you want to call it the universe, if you want to call it divine mind, if you want to call it, as I do, the infinite realm of all possibility and potential, if you want to call it Horus, whatever you want to call it, it does not care. Call it Joe. I I, ha- I know uh, one person that, that you know, I, it took me a long time to figure out when she said things like, well, I'm going to have to talk that over with Joe. And I was like, who is this Joe guy she keeps talking about? And that was just her way of making the divine within her feel more accessible and not so far off. We do here within unity and within new thought teach that there is only one power active in the universe and that that one power, that one presence is good without opposite. And if there is only one power then that means there can be no oppositional power. Now, that doesn't mean that there aren't humans who are not functioning from their highest spiritual level. But in truth, when we peel back and we core back and we drill down and we drill down to what is the truth of each and every one of us, it is this. It is that we are that one power that one presence expressing right here right now at this time in this space as you and that's a pretty amazing thing it's not only an amazing thing it's a really hard thing sometimes for our human brain to wrap itself around our human mind the, the conversation may be going something like this You would each, you would have your own dialect. We each have our own human dialect. We each have our own spiritual dialect. But the conversation of the human tends to go something like, well, how could I possibly be the divine here when I just did such and such that was really stupid? Or how could that be true of this person over there? when they're so obviously filled with anger and rage and all of that stuff. And and we tend to want to have a quick and handy answer to how that could be. And the quickest, handiest answer that I've come up with after many, many years of trying to answer that question is that, and this is not original to me, uh, but it is that we are basically walking our path with one foot in the fully human world and one foot in the fully divine universe. And we go back and forth. It's a continual course direction. I may step over here into a fuller awareness of my human human mind and be getting angry and resentful and fearful and all of that, and boy, if I want to, I can just spiral down and spiral down. I can make such a good case for myself that, that this is just terrible. Or I could allow myself to breathe and go, oh, you know what, in the human experience right now, I'm not having a lot of fun. However, there is that foot in the divine. And I could choose to cross that line, to center myself in the truth of what I am, which is strong, positive, powerful, wise, loving, fearless, free spirit. And I could choose to demonstrate peace in any moment. Now, it's not always easy. I found myself on Friday night getting all freaked out about something that happened, and it took me a long time to just keep remembering breathe, 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 breathe and at some point remember that you know this too will pass it had a beginning it's got a middle right now I'm not like in the middle but it will have an end and then I can go yahoo at that point so when we talk about our basics and how we work with our spiritual practices the use of denials and affirmations is really Basic. I started a couple of weeks ago telling you that we were going to be visiting some of the real basics of New Thought. And the first week I focused on the fact that life is choices. We have an infinite number of choices, and one of those choices is whether or not to decide to honor the spiritual side of our lives. We can just say, I don't believe that, I don't think it's helpful, and I'm going to go home and, you know... Browse TV. You know, that, that's a choice. And it's an okay choice for you if, that, if that's your choice. But if we wish to actually cultivate a higher spiritual understanding of who we are and what we're about and how to live optimally, even in the human realm, because we are here, Then it, it helps if we can remember certain things. One of which is a choice. And that last line of that statement on the slide, I am peace in the midst of all matters. That is a choice that you can make in any moment. Now it doesn't necessarily mean that you can skid the brakes on it, you know, if you're, if you're as I caught myself deeply in, in like a whole cascading world of anxiety and upset and, and frustration, I maybe can't stop that in that moment, but I can tell myself I need to breathe, I need to pause, I need to remember that I can choose peace. And then maybe the whole anxiety conflict and all of that cascades back again, but I can stop again and say, okay, I am really feeling anxiety, I'm going to breathe. I am really experiencing fear, but I'm going to breathe. I am really frustrated and I could choose to be at peace. And at least for me, that's a pathway that I can sort of allow my higher self to guide my human self back to sanity. And then, you know, by the time you wake up the next morning, you kind of realize it really wasn't that big of a deal in the first place and all is actually well and there are so many things that So many things that did not happen that were terrible, you know. So we get to choose. So that's the first basic. Life is choices. Choices have consequences. So make wise choices. The next thing that I talked about last week was that thoughts are things. And as we heard in a couple of quotes, thoughts are things and they occupy space in mind. And if your mind is filled with all of the terrible things that could happen, what is your experience going to be? Not very pleasant. The good news is, if thoughts are things, we can learn to work with them. We are not victims of the thoughts that happen in our minds. And as I shared last week, that was a huge realization for me. Because I thought I was a victim of my thoughts, and my thoughts were not a happy place to be. But as I learned I could work with them, then we can begin to transform that habitual programming that has taken place. One of the things that most of us share, and I know, you know, I know we did not all grow up with happy, happy childhoods and all of that, but one of the things that most of us can share as, as an experience in life is that most of us were raised up by people who were doing the best they could to raise us in the way they thought was most helpful now you may look back and you go well yeah mine wasn't very much the best I didn't say the best that could be I said the best that they were able and that their intention was not to harm you but their intention as you were growing up was actually to raise you up to to live in the world and for a lot of us, that means that our parents instilled a whole lot of, don't do that because you could die. Don't touch that because you could get burned. Don't go talk to people because they could hurt you. Don't run out in the street, you know. Some, and some of this stuff was really, really good. But what a lot of us ended up filtering out was the fact that these were guidelines for little baby humans coming into the world... And that as we grew, we should be creating our own ideas and beliefs around what had happened to us in our lifetime. And so what happens is many of us have a kind of a constant soundtrack that sounds something like, oh, you don't want to do that because that could, that could go bad. That could just be a disaster. That may go like, oh, I never I never wear the right clothes because every single time I, I was about to go out of the house, I heard, are you really wearing that? We may hear, you need to just shut up because you are talking too much and you think you know too much, little Missy, and you are not nearly as smart as you think. Uh, not that I would name anybody who ever heard that in their growing up. But but the thing is, we have this soundtrack that goes on. And most of us just think we're a victim of it. That's just the way it is. That is not just the way it is. That is the way that your experiences have created a pattern of thoughts in your mind, which is your mind, which you get to edit at will. You get to edit those thoughts at will. If you, it, just imagine for a minute you're sitting at a computer screen and you're seeing a transcript be typed out of all your thoughts. How is that for a scary thought? How is that? You're just create, seeing this transcript. But the good news is it's being created in a Word document and if you know anything about computers, what can you do to a Word document? You can edit it. You can say, man, I like, don't like that whole first programming of 40 years of my life. I could just like select and hit the delete button, fresh start. And I can actually sit there if I wanted to, and I could say, you know, I am intelligent. I do know what is best for me. And we could create a whole new track of thoughts to occupy our mind. And so when we come now from life as choices... We have a choice whether to do the spiritual work or not. We have the choice of everything. And we realize thoughts are things that we can... Thoughts are things that are just there. The human brain thinks. And, And this is a good time to remind you too, if you think that meditating means that you're going to have this glassy pond in your brain with no thoughts, maybe sometime... And if you do, then you'll probably spend the rest of your life meditating, going, why can't I have that glassy pond thing back? Your brain thinks. It's the nature of brains to think. The thing is, you don't have to believe every thought that passes through your head. So we come now to the fact that our words have power. Our words have power. Our words are how we work with our thoughts to demonstrate the choices that we choose to put into play in our life. So you see how this starts to all come together here. If I recognize that where I am here now today is a result of the choices that I have made in my life, and that is something we kind of have to come to terms with. I know there's stuff out there we go, I would never have chosen that. And there are situations we would never have chosen. There are circumstances that happen that we were not in control of. And how we responded to that is our choice. And generally we choose based on the thoughts that are floating around in our brain. For a long, 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 long time, one of the primary thoughts in my brain was first off that I don't have choices, that I do have to just believe all this stuff in my brain and because of the circumstances of my life, What I believed life to be was a series of lack, not having enough, and then you get sick and you die, probably leaving a bunch of people behind to deal with what's left over. And that was my soundtrack, which then led to, So Why Even Bother? What's the Use? I Can't Change Anything Anyway. And, and when you're in that mindset, there is no joy, there is no happiness, there's just a day-to-day plotting to get through to the next moment, which probably is going to be bad. And that's the expectation that you live with. Now, as I mentioned last week, when I learned that I could learn to work with my thoughts and shift those thoughts and live with a different expectation of life, it was huge. And it was so huge that here I am, it's so important to me that that this is what I do now. I want everybody to know this. I want everybody to know you are not a victim. You have choices. Your thoughts are workable. And there are tools that you can use to do that. You don't have to be a genius. You simply have to learn how to use tools. Next slide, please. In unity, we do actually track back to the Bible as our primary textbook. And I remind everybody of that every now and again because we are not we are not as overtly biblical in that every week there's a scripture and all of this. But, you know, what we talk about is grounded in wisdom. What I believe is that it's grounded in truth and truth. This same truth is found... In the sacred scriptures of every faith, you will find the same wisdom. It's just worded in ways that we resonate with more or less. That thing I said of we all have a spiritual dialect? Well, for some, the Bible is a source of that wisdom, and we may have to work with it. But here are a couple of things just, uh, you know, just to throw it out there. Old Testament Hebrew Scriptures, you will decide on a matter and it will be established for you and light will shine on your ways. This is an assurance. And if any of you are familiar with the book of Job, you know that Job had a lot of really bad life sucks, then they die issues in his life. And this was an assurance. You will decide on a thing. And it will be established, and light will shine on your ways. And then we have from Christian scriptures, from the words of Jesus, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Now, we do not believe that you can just kind of sit there. Uh, The example I always use, a lot of you are tired of hearing about it. Everybody remember that? Oh, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? (laughs) Um, you know, great song. Love me some Janice every now and again. But, you know, I don't care how long you sit in your house and say God put a Mercedes Benz in my in my driveway. The chances are it's not going to happen until here's here's when it will happen. And it will happen. If if it's important enough to you, it will happen. But it's not going to happen because you sit back and just go, okay, I know you're out there just, you know, I want to wake up tomorrow and find that I'm a millionaire, that I have a million dollars, that there's a Mercedes parked in my driveway. Um, you know, it's not going to happen because you're just sitting there chanting useless affirmations that are not really grounded in truth. It's going to happen when you have... Done the spiritual work that you have to do to go to your core and say, you know, based on everything that I know about spirit, what is it that I, what is it that that Mercedes-Benz is actually representing that I seem to want? And so it may be that the Mercedes-Benz to you is a symbol of freedom from lack. It may seem that the Mercedes-Benz is a symbol of status because perhaps you have felt less than in your life. It may just be that you really have had a whole line of really unreliable cars. And from everything that everybody tells you, Mercedes is really, really dependable. But when we go back behind the surface and just saying, please give me this car. And we say, but what does that really represent in truth? What is the divine idea that I am assigning to that Mercedes-Benz in my driveway? And let's just say that it turns out that it represents, you know, really, I guess I just want that Mercedes-Benz because that's kind of all the fancy people, all the classy people have one. And I want to be good like them. I want to know that I'm worthy like them. And then we realize, oh, this has got nothing to do with a Mercedes. This has got to do with a disconnect in my own belief in the amazing divine being that I am. And when I realize that I am just as worthy, just as whole, just as complete, just as absolutely necessary to the world, as everybody who owns a Mercedes-Benz, then I have a choice. I can now decide, you know, I really do like Mercedes-Benzes and I really do want one in my driveway, so I'm going to start saving my money. Maybe I'm even going to go get a second job. But I'm going to start doing what I need to do to bring about my choice. And maybe when I get there, I decide it really isn't about the Mercedes-Benz at all And I really don't care what kind of a car is in my driveway or if there even is a car in my driveway because I know now that it's not about the car in the driveway. It's about knowing our own wholeness. It's about knowing the truth of what we are. And so we use words, we use the power of the word, To work with our thoughts to bring a fuller awareness of what we are so that we can actually live out that best life in the way we choose. A couple of quotes on the next slide, please. So from Charles Fillmore. Deep desire is essential for spiritual growth. Have you ever been told it's wrong to want things? I got that message. You shouldn't want stuff because we don't have enough money and we can't buy it for you anyway. And the more that you want it, the more disappointed we are that we can't get it to you. So please just stop looking at that Sears catalog and making a list. <laughs> and I want to make it clear. I came from a very, very loving family. These were not people who wanted to in any way squash my spirit. But the, again, it's the best they could that they knew how. So really, deep desire is essential for spiritual growth. It's the onward impulse of the ever-evolving soul. So just imagine that. Just imagine that when you feel a desire, it's not bad. There's nothing wrong with it. It's actually something in the depth of your soul that is calling you, that's urging you towards something higher, something finer. This is just where the disconnect happens sometimes. Sometimes we don't know what that other thing is, so we decide that a new car is going to fix it or a new partner is going to fix it or a new job is going to fix it. And those things may be more or less enjoyable, but those outer things are not going to fill the inward desire. That inward desire is fulfilled by doing your spiritual work. So it builds from within outward. Remember that. From within outward. We're not going to go within from stuff out there. We're going to take what we are and allow that to radiate out. and So it builds from within outward and carries its fulfillment with it as a necessary corollary. So as we work within... We will find the things out here changing because we've changed our thoughts and our expectations. We no longer expect everything to just be the other shoe falling. We no longer expect that we don't want to be too happy because you know what gets too happy? You know what happens? That whole pride goeth before a fall thing. Well, you know, it's time for us to edit those sorts of thoughts, edit what we think about, is it wrong for me to want good things in my life, edit all of that not worthy enough, not enough, or too much this. And, you know, we almost all got messages, we are not enough of some things and way too much of other things. So trying to even learn how to balance that is just for crazy making. And then we have from Emily Cady, Lessons in Truth, which is, which is uh, acknowledged by all of us in New Thought to be like our, our first most foundational text. The supply is always equal to demand, but there must first be a demand before supply is of use. One of the things that that one power, one presence is, is our source our source of all good. It's it's our abundance, it's our prosperity. It, that one presence, one power is is why we have so many different kinds of flowers. It's why we have so many different kinds of trees. It's why there's so many of us that are each one unique. Every snowflake. Every snowflake. That is in no way indicative of a source that is wants us to scrimp and be miserable, and just barely scratch by. That is a source that says, Yay! It's all yours. It's all yours. Of course, it's not an anthropomorphic guy up there yelling down at us or anything. But it is that source that is all there. But the thing is, until we actually claim our portion it 's not going to be of any use to us the The illustration that first made this make sense to me was the story you walk into a really you walk into a nice restaurant everybody's eating all sorts of food. you sit there and you wait 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 and nobody seems to care the least bit about bringing you any of this food you 're getting angry, upset. How come they all get to eat and i don't what's wrong with me? Am I not dressed nice enough? Did I not wear in the right shoes? You know what is it and then you see. Oh, it's a buffet. I have to go get my own. I have to serve myself. I have to choose what I want and welcome it into my life. We sometimes think that we have to just wait and wait and wait and wait, and somehow the Mercedes is going to show up in our driveway. And that's, you know, I'm not going to say it's never happened to anybody or it never will. I'm just going to say, I don't know anybody it's ever happened to. And when we do have those kind of miraculous sorts of demonstrations, when we talk about it further, it turns out that actually that person has been doing their work, they have been speaking their claim, they have been doing what they needed to do to make it so, and then one day, in some amazingly amazing way, it came to be. But it wasn't out of a vacuum. So as we move into our quieting time, I'm going to invite you to consider lots of things to consider here. And I'm going to be going through these statements of truth during our time of quieting, and then you can take them home and you can work with them. So consider. We're just going to consider, what is it that I really want? And at first your wants may be more like what I want to be rid of. And that's the denial part. That's the sweeping away of the old. That's, that's having this huge text document with all of the negative thoughts and just hitting, you know, if you're an old DOS person like me, hitting Control-A, because that just gets everything. And then what's the next button you hit? Delete. And then we start fresh. So we breathe. We just breathe. such a good way to start and in fact in in our prayer process relaxing is the first step so we breathe we know that simply focusing on that part of our body where the heart lives is actually scientifically proven to have good effect when we just breathe and just sort of imagine that your heart is breathing which it is in its exchange of Oxygenated for non-oxygenated blood. So we breathe. One of the things that can help us relax is music. And so enjoy this song if you wish. Singing is always invited.
1: my heart. I'm raising the veil between me and my God. No sound.
0: we remind ourselves once again that there is only one power, one presence active in the universe. There is no alternative oppositional power. There is one power. And that one power goes by an infinite number of names, whether we want to call it God, presence, the infinite, the universe. There is only one And if there is only one power and one presence, and if that one power, that one presence is good without opposite, then there can be no evil. There can be people who act in unawareness. There can be humans who live in fear and act in ways that are unwise. But at core, in truth, there is no evil. God is our source. God as creator, God as creative power, is good without opposite. There is no evil. We know that there can be no absence of life, substance, or intelligence anywhere because if God is omnipresent, everywhere present, there could be no place for the absence of substance, of life, of intelligence. We know that we can settle in and know that through our power of choice and our power to align with truth that pain, sickness, poverty, old age, and death cannot master us for they are not real. It does not mean that they are not experiences that humans experience. But in truth, they had a beginning point, they have a middle point, They will have an ending point. They will pass. And the infinite eternal spirit that we are will live on, unharmed and in no way diminished. There is nothing in all the universe for us to fear, for the Christ within us is greater than that which is of the world. We are the infinite, we are God-mind, we are the universe expressing at the point we are for whatever reason that one power and that one presence has somehow, and we don't know how, it has somehow given us life. It has somehow expressed us to be here. And we know that it is also infinite wisdom, so there must be purpose. We have nothing to fear. The Christ presence within each and every one of us is greater than anything in the outer world. We know that that one power, that one presence, is wholeness. It is life. It is love. It is intelligence. It is substance and omnipotence, omniscience, and omnipresence. That one presence, that one power, is source. And we know that its attributes are life, love, peace, wisdom, understanding, All good. And if that is what it is, and we came from that, then we must also be life, love, intelligence, substance. This is why we know that wherever we are, God is. Because we are that spirit. Allow my words to be your words. And if you wish, you have the paper in front of you. Feel free to speak along. I am spirit, holy, harmonious. Nothing can hurt me or make me sick or afraid. For spirit is all good, and good cannot be sick or hurt or afraid. I manifest my real self through this body now and then divine will is always my greatest potential good when I am aligned with divine mind I cannot fail and when we allow all of that to settle into our consciousness let those be the thoughts that are things taking up space in your mind allow these words to be the words of the soundtrack to your life. And lastly, our our universal affirmation, God in me is infinite wisdom. I know just what to do. We claim each of those statements as truth. We claim each and every one of them as working in our lives and in our consciousness. We take these denials and affirmations and reprogram the thoughts that occupy space in our minds. And we claim willingness when we recognize that our thoughts are not in alignment with these to pause, to breathe, to recenter ourselves, and to know truth. We give such thanks, such appreciation for all of the situations, for all of the circumstances that have helped us to learn how to work with these tools. We have such appreciation and blessings from all of the teachers who have taught us these things. In this day, in this space, we thank as well the one that we call our master teacher, our elder brother, Jesus, who knew these things, taught these things, and reminded us that we too have the power to live our lives more abundantly. With thanks, with appreciation, with gratitude, we know these things are so, and so it is. Amen. So going back to my earlier ages when I was told that I probably just talked too much, I talk probably too much today. And your homework. You may, as you're looking at these things, realize that there's something in your head that's going, I don't know if I believe that or not. And that's good. That's good that you're questioning that because that means that you—that your personality ego is not dismissing it out of hand It's questioning. And when we question, that means that we have an open mind. And so this week, I invite you to take these pieces of paper home with you. Sit with them every single day. Do it two or three times a day. Keep it in your purse, in your pocket, in your car, whatever. And if you find yourself in a situation that's feeling stressful, that's feeling like it's creating anxiety, take this piece of paper out, breathe, Read and know. And I, I carried pieces of paper like this around a whole lot. I still do. I have them taped to my desk. You know, I, I do what I have to do, and sometimes when I'm working at my desk, I need to have right in front of me that I have time enough, faith enough, strength enough, and enthusiasm enough to do the things that ought to be done by me. Because sometimes I just don't want to. So work with these Allow them to start filtering into your thoughts. Allow these to be the thoughts that occupy your mind. And don't give up. Keep working with them. So thank you all for being here today. Um, We are running late, and that's because I talk too much. Anyway, it is 11.28. If you have to leave at this moment, thank you for being here. Uh, We're going to have another song, and then we've just got a few quick announcements. But thank you all for being here. Have a good week.